Welcome to the year 2021. Yes, it's finally here. Fine, this is going to be corny. Hindsight finally is 2020. I mean, it is gone. It is high behind us, and that is wonderful. Now, I wish I could be just as excited and confident that all the chaos that happened in 2020 was going to shut down when we turned the calendar. But we don't know that, right? I mean, we, don't, we don't really know that, you know, there's, there's still a lot of crazy stuff that's lingering on. There's still a lot of stuff that, you know, was our problem in 2020, and it wants to be our problem in 2021. I mean, it's likely if you had uh, financial issues that they didn't cut off uh, on New Year's Eve. It's likely if you had an health concern or some fear about the past or you're dealing with loneliness or depression or some personal issue or maybe something's just not right, you know, and, you know, maybe you, you exploded some fireworks and it, it still doesn't feel right. You know, some things are just not the same. And, you know, I, I wish that I could say that turning a physical calendar page changed all that, but we, we just know that's not. There's, there's no president that could be elected that would fix that. And no politician can solve that for you. A pay raise or promotion probably can't solve whatever you were dealing with in 2020. However, I do want to title my, my talk today, Turning the Page. I'm not talking about a physical page, but a spiritual turn in your life. Now, how does that happen? It, it's real simple. Start out by giving God January. As a seed, it's the beginning, it's the first. God always likes the first fruit. Say, okay, God, January is yours. Actually, the whole year is yours, but I'm going to dedicate January to you. I'm going to say, God, I don't expect 2021 to be like 2020, and so I'm going to make this year yours. And, and today, I'm going to be in Nehemiah chapter 9, and I'm going to show you some very practical things that, that the Bible tells us, that Nehemiah tells us about setting up a year for God's blessing. And I want you to walk through those steps. We're going to go through that. But while you're turning there, while you're getting ready, getting your notes out, at the top of your notes, this is really not a part of Nehemiah, but this is something I just want to say to you. Here's my first bit of advice for the new year. Stop all spending. All of it. Shut it all down. Don't spend any more time or any more money on anything. Emphasis on the word spending. Now, some of you are like, I don't know how that's possible. I, I'll explain it to you. A, a good friend of mine who'd made a really uh, generous gift to our church years ago, I, I said to him, I said, man, I just want to thank you so much for, for being generous. He said, don't thank me. Just put it in the ground so that it grows into a harvest that'll bless a lot of people. And, and that really reveals the way we ought to see everything that we have to give. We ought to make it an investment, not an expense. So, so stop spending, start investing. When you, when you spend something, it is gone. You spend a dollar, it's gone, you never get it back. You spend a day, it's gone, you never get it back. But when you invest something, you put it in the ground, it begins to grow and it creates a harvest for your life. Here's my advice for this year. Don't spend anything. Don't spend any of your time, invest all your time in something that matters. Don't spend any of your money, invest all of your money in something that matters. All your talents, all of your abilities, everything God has given you, your house, your automobile. Ask yourself, how can I make sure this is not an expense, but an investment that pays me back, but more than me, pays God's kingdom back. Now, in that same way, uh, on the last Sunday of, of 2020, I, I invited three people, two individuals and one couple to speak in our three services. These are people I knew who had been through some stuff in 2020. 
I mean, we've all been through some stuff. They had been through some additional stuff, okay? And I just asked them. I knew they had something to speak into your life. I got to listen to every one of them. They're on our, our, on our church's YouTube channel. I wish you would invest. Everybody say invest. invest. I wish you would invest some time listening to every one of those messages. What does that look like? That looks like, you know, when you were going to listen to the radio on your way to work, you, in, instead of spending that time on the road, invest that time hearing from God's word. Instead of, you know, watching another Netflix episode, because that's really what was lacking in 2020, wasn't it? Netflix. Instead of spending money on Netflix or, or time on Netflix, invest time in God's word. And, and let that be a, a, a kickstart to your whole year. I'm not going to spend. That's my goal. Now, listen, I, I know I'll spend money on a double cheeseburger. That is not an investment in any shape or form. I mean, it's a shape. It's going to invest into a shape, but not the shape I want. All right. Nobody's going to be perfect at this, but set yourself a goal that I'm stopping all spending and I'm going to invest every minute, every dollar, every bit of influence, every word is not a, an expense or, or something I just throw out there haphazardly, but it's all an investment. If you got it, say, I got it. All right, I'm going to move on because you're investing this hour in God's presence. Now to Nehemiah chapter nine. Now I knew I was going to preach on Nehemiah on the first Sunday of 2021, six months ago. It just, it just drew me. Now I don't, I don't know what I'm preaching next week, really, to be honest with you, but I knew six months ago, I'm starting the year in, in Nehemiah nine because God just spoke to me. And I saw when I read these first three verses, a pattern that I think is supposed to be the pattern of the first of our, of our new year. All right, we start off January with 21 days of prayer and fasting. That begins a week from today. I, I, we intentionally set it that way so that I could preach this message, get you a week to set yourself up to set aside 21 days in January with the Lord. All right, so, so let's go right here and see if you can spot this pattern. I've underlined some words for you. In verse one, now, on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with, say that word with me, fasting in sackcloth and dust on their heads. Now, what's that all about? That means he, he's in, in the most basic clothes, humbling himself. Dust on their heads. That, that is saying, I am beneath the level of dirt. God, I don't deserve your blessings. I want you to know that I know I'm humble before you. That, that's just an act of humility. Verse two, then those of Israelite lineage, the people of God, separated themselves from all foreigners. Now, this is not race related. This is about people who are, are, are followers of Jehovah and people who are not. They said, you know what? We're going to withdraw for a season. We're just going to get close to God right now. So there was a separation. Everybody say separation. They separated themselves and they stood. What does it mean to stand? It means to be in the, they didn't have pews or benches. They came together in the assembly to worship. That's what they mean. They came together. They confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. That was the second, the, the, the next thing. And they stood in their place and they read from the book of the law of the Lord. They read God's word uh, and for one fourth of the day. And for another fourth, they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. Now look at that passage on that whole passage on the screen. Say these words with me, fasting, separation, confession, reading, worshiping. That's a pattern that Nehemiah lays out uh, of how they're going to get into the presence of God and they're going to have a new season for their lives. Now I truly believe God wants us, wants you, wants me to turn the page on 2020. 
He wants us to be better than we were last year. I'm planning on being better. I'm planning on being a new version of me. I wasn't terrible in 2020. I just want to be better in 21. I want to be closer to him. I want to be more focused. I want to be more driven by God's will. And see, here's the problem that a lot of us have. I, I posted a teaching on goal setting. Uh, it's, it's on my YouTube channel where, where in that teaching, I asked the question in the last five years, have you really lived five new years or the same year five times? Because a lot of people, you know, we, 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 we have a little celebration on new year's Eve and we say, you know, uh, welcome to a new year, but then it's just kind of the same old same. And I believe God is calling us to a new version of ourselves, a new year where we're completely and totally different. And this is the pattern. Are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. ready. So here it is. Four things. Number one, withdraw or separate from culture. And that's what fasting is all about. It's about separating yourself and saying, you know, I'm going to get away from the normal flow of things and I'm going to get close to God. And that really is who God calls us to be. Second Corinthians six and 17 says, come out from among them and be what church separate says the Lord. And I will receive you. You say, I want to be close to God this year. I don't want to walk around wondering if I'm in will, in the will of God, out of the will of God, lost. What should I do here? What should I do here? God says, you know what? I'll bring you close to me if you'll separate yourself. Now, separating ourselves from culture is, has always been in the Bible, and it's, it's a calling of God's church, but it's something we American Christians are pretty terrible at, honestly. I mean, we like to get as close to culture, live just like culture, and we say things like, well, I got to be like them to reach them. I got to get on their level, all that kind of stuff. Listen, I understand that. I'm a communicator. I'm a pastor. I want to reach people, but there has to be something different about me than the people I'm trying to reach. Can I hear an amen to that? There's got to be a reason that somebody says, I want to live like that. As much as we want to deflect any praise or attention from ourselves, there's got to be something about my lifestyle as a believer, not as a preacher, as a believer, just like you, something about our lifestyle as believers where people say, I want that lifestyle. I want to be like that. There's got to be a different, a difference in my life. And, and, and fasting is a regular exercise that humbles me. And it brings me to a place where I can be in God's presence. Now, a lot of people will start the year like this and say, I'm going to do a fast. And when I fast, God's going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to get God to do this. I'm going to fast for God to do this. Well, let me tell you something about fasting. Fasting is not about trying to move God to me. It's about trying to move me to God. Make, make sure you understand that at the, at the, at the outset. You're not fasting to move God. You're fasting to move you. God's right where God needs to be. God doesn't need any help being God. Can I get an amen? He knows where to be, what to do when he gets there. I'm the one who needs to move. And so fasting is about humbling me. Our 21 days of prayer and fasting begins next Sunday. So it's what, here's what it looks like for three weeks. Sunday, we pray together. We worship. This worship service is your prayer time. Of course, you, you have private prayer time, of course, but that's our gathering. But Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m. in the building, live worship, live band, a, 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 a quick moment of, of teaching on prayer and then prayer time by yourself. It is a supernatural experience. Now, it will be live streamed and you can, you can access it that way, but we really encourage you to come to the building. It'll be the best hour of your day. It'll be the best week. Uh, best three-week period of your year, it will bless your socks off. I always say the only part of 21 days of prayer that I don't like is that, that first three minutes when the alarm goes off and I'm like, why am I up so early? Oh yeah, 
21 days of prayer. As soon as I get the oh yeah moment, man, I get excited about it. It, it, it drives me and it moves me to a new place. So I want to challenge you to be here. I mean, be in the building if you can. And if you can't, set aside time to, to, to do prayer and fasting with us online. Now, on Saturdays, it's 9 to 10. We want you to sleep in a little more. So Saturdays, it's 9 to 10. Three short weeks, and it will bring something powerful in your life. And here's the word. Everybody say this word, breakthrough. That's what happens. 21 days of prayer and fasting produces a breakthrough in your life. And, and, and really, that's, we get our 21 days of prayer and fasting from Daniel, who is fasting and praying for a breakthrough from heaven, and heaven shows up in his life. But you could see it in Moses' life. He does a 40-day prayer and fasting, and he has a breakthrough. God gives him the Ten Commandments. Ezra 8, he calls the whole nation to fasting for the protection of God. Let me ask you this question. If we had, as a nation, fasted and prayed together as an entire nation way back at the beginning of 2020, how many know it would be different right now. Everything would be different right now because fasting brings a breakthrough. The apostle Paul fast in Acts chapter nine, the whole church at Antioch fast in the book of Acts. Even Jesus withdraws into the wilderness, gets away from everybody for 40 days. He fasts and prays and comes out. The Bible says he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you would like to come out of January in the power of the Holy Spirit? Come on. Here's how we get there. Your Bible, Old and New Testament, tells you prayer and fasting. Here's a couple ways. Now, there's a web uh, a web page on our website that'll tell you a lot of information. I'm giving you seven days to get ready for it. Okay, so go to daystartchurch.tv/slash 21 days. All right, that, I think that's in your notes to read more about it. But let me let me tell you a few fasts. There's something called a complete fast, which is no food whatsoever. Water, maybe some some juices or something like that. That's called a complete fast. You could do that. There's a selective fast where you remove certain things that you might eat and you get them out of your diet. A Daniel fast that that I mentioned earlier about Daniel actually was a selective fast. He didn't eat any uh, breads or meats or any sweets of any kind like that, just fruits and vegetables. Uh, So that's, that's a selective fast. There's a partial fast, uh, sometimes called a Jewish fast, where there's a part of every day that you say, God, this is your time. I mean, I'm not going to eat during this time. I'm going to be in God's word. I'm going to get away from people. I'm not going to get near anything that is culture. I'm going to get away from the culture for this part. It's, it's basically like Jesus's 40 day fast, but you take a portion of every day. That's called a partial fast. One thing I think that is powerful is, is what people call a soul fast. Now, now, this is not really about food. Maybe you have a diet uh, issue or a health issue. You can't fast food. But a soul fast is to say, my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. That's very important. That's what drives your life. That's what dictates where you're going, your mind, will, and emotions. And, and you recognize, you know what? I've been feeding my mind, will, and emotions the wrong thing. I've been letting social media feed me. I've been letting Netflix or TV shows or video games or whatever it is that, that, that spends a lot of your time. And you say, you know, I'm cutting them all off. You know what? I want this year to be different. I want this me to be a different me. Is there anybody can say amen to that? I want to be something different. I'm cutting off who's been feeding me. You know, it's like somebody saying, you know, I really want to have, have, uh, <laughs> I want to have washboard abs, you know, but I also want a double cheeseburger. <laughs> you got to make a decision. You know, you got to cut something off. And if you cut off the cheeseburgers, you're going to do a better job. And, and, and whatever you've been feeding your soul, if you have what's called a soul fast, is to cut those things off and get them out of your life. Now, let me say this. Fasting is weird. It just is. 
It's just not normal. And, and so when you go on a fast, you're not going to be like everybody else. You're not going to be like your friends that you're in school with. You're not going to be like your, your coworkers, maybe even your family. But I want, to, I want you to notice God's commandment to believers. Watch this. This is kind of the central theme of what's in my heart today. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform. Everybody say conform. Don't conform, he said, to the pattern of this world. How many of you know this world has a distinct pattern? You think what we tell you to think. You do what we tell you to do. You dress the way you're supposed to dress. You you think politically and you think socially and morally and ethically the way we want you to think, or you're just weird. There's a pattern to this world. And God says, don't conform to this pattern of this world, but instead be what? Shout it out, they start transformed. Be changed by the renewing of your mind. Then, everybody say then. This is, this is the payoff if you decide, I'm not going to follow the pattern of this world. I'm going to be transformed. Here's what you'll do. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. Now, why is that important? Because when chaos happens, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, this happened. I don't know what God's trying to tell me. I don't know what this means for my life. I don't know if I made a big mistake and God's punishing me because of it. I don't know if I shouldn't have done what I did and this is why I'm in this place. But let me tell you, if you had decided not to conform to the pattern of this world and you had decided to be in God's presence and in God's word, you would have had your mind renewed. Then, I'm not making this up, God's word said it then. Come on, everybody say then. Then you're able to know what God's good and pleasing and perfect will is for your life. So when the chaos comes, you're like, hey, I'm going toward God's will. God's will is for me to go this way, and and there's a wind blowing that way. I don't care. I'm going this way. And there's some debris coming against me. I don't care. I'm going this way. And there's bombs blowing up left and right. doesn't make any difference. I know what God's will is for my life. Let me tell you, that is the one thing that would give you more boldness and strength and peace and confidence in 2021 than anything else that is getting into God's will and knowing God's will for your life. Somebody say, I want to be there. Let's, uh, that, 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 let's give January to the Lord. Let's say, God, I'm starting right there. Fasting gets us into the presence of God. So we're going to separate from the world. That's the first thing we said. Here's the second thing that he says, confess our sins. And they actually did this corporately, like it was a group thing together where we confess our sins. Nehemiah he, he goes on, I, I've just read you three verses, but sometime this week I'd encourage you to read verses 6 through 37. It is beautiful. He gives a whole list of the sins of, of, of his generation and his ancestors. And you might think, well, I don't want to read about that. That's pretty negative. But actually it's beautiful. He, he talks about how faithful God has been and how they made mistakes and how God would rally and God would forgive. And the more I read it, the more I saw myself in it. I mean, it's a 25-year-old confession, but it almost read like he was talking about us. He says God delivered us, and he led us when we didn't know which way to go. He sent his presence that we could feel, and he provided for all of our needs. Say amen if that's been true of you. It goes on, and he says, in spite of God's goodness, we were stubborn, and we didn't obey. Say amen if you've ever been there. Sounds like us, doesn't it? 
And he says that God didn't give up on us. He kept forgiving and he kept protecting us. And then he talks about that 40-year period when his ancestors went through the wilderness looking for the promised land. He talked about how that the clothes, did you know their clothes didn't wear out in 40 years and their shoes didn't wear out? And their kids, when their feet grew, their shoes grew. I'm praying for that miracle for my family right now. You know, I've got some big feet up in the Lawson household. And, and, and God just provided for them. And food fell out of the sky and he just always took care of them. Verse 23 says that God blessed them with children. If you're a parent, I mean, in spite of some of the frustrations, you know what a blessing it is that God gave you children, how much joy that is. It says in verse 25 that he gave us houses full of good things. I was literally in my house, in my little office working on this message when I read that. And I looked around, I thought about what a blessing, not only the brick and mortar of my house, but the family in my house and all the good things and the good times. And God gave us all of that. And it really reminded me that we are so much like them. It was on and he says, in spite of all that you've given us, we rebelled and we got into trouble. Say amen if you've ever done that. It's not just their story, it's our story, right? He talks about that they worship false gods of Mammon and Molech and Ashtoreth. And you might think, well, whew, thank God, at least we don't have Ashtoreth poles and we're not worshiping Molech, but Mammon is the God of money and power, and Molech is the God of pleasure, and Ashtoreth is the God of sex. Doesn't our culture still worship money and power and pleasure and sex? I mean, we're just like that culture 2,600 years ago. God is saying the same thing to us. And I, my mind goes back to Romans 12 and 2 where God says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Now, the pattern of that ancient world, I mean, the clothes look different and, and the way they worship false gods was different, but we still have a pattern in our world. And God says, you know what? Here's what I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say. We have an opportunity. There's an opportunity before us, church, to be different, to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to conform to this pattern anymore. I'm not going to think the way they tell me to think. I'm not going to march in the line they told me to march in. I'm going to say, you know what, God, I'm pushing back on all of that. I'm finding your presence. I'm once again falling in love with you and your word, and I'm not going to be conformed. I'm going to be transformed by the power and the presence of God. Would somebody clap your hands as a praise offering to God? This is our chance. We're going to get away from the world. We've confessed. Actually, what we just did, when you said amen, when I asked you, haven't we done these same things? We confessed our sins just like Nehemiah did in the, in the, in the congregation of God. And then the third thing he told him to do, spend time in the Word. Spend or invest your time in God's Word. Psalm 119 says, your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Everybody say lamp, lamp. to guide. guide. How many times have you recognized, man, this is such a dark world and, and your choices are not like good and bad. It's like yucky and gross. Uh, you just don't get great choices. Sometimes your options of where you go and what you do next are not always so clear. But if you spend time, you invest your time in the word of God, he will speak to you. I've been a pastor for a long time, and I've done a lot of family counseling, a lot of individual counseling, a lot of marriage counseling, and, and I, I got to say that most of the counseling that I've done, most of the counseling that I've done in my life, I would call crisis counseling, you know, or damage control counseling. It, it, it's not that somebody came and said, 
well, you know, I was, I was thinking about doing this. Uh, what, what do you think God's word says about that? I get that occasionally, but a lot of times it's like I did that and it blew up in my face. What do I do next? It's, it's damage control counseling. And, and if, if 99% of my counseling is damage control counseling, 99% of that is because we directly violated what God's word said. It, it's not hard to figure out. I mean, I feel like counseling is one of the easiest things I do because <laughs> you're like, hey, I decided to do the opposite of what the Bible says. Pastor, what do you think I should do? And it's like, well, do the other thing. I, I, I don't mean to, mean to be condescending, but it is right here. It is right here in black and white. God leads you in every decision, small ways and large ways. And if you decide this is the direction of my life, you're going to be so against the flow of our culture. There is nothing in your life that you could do that would be more countercultural than to live according to this book. Listen to me, young people. Whoever it is that you kind of get excited about, you know, your favorite athlete or your favorite movie star or pop singer, I, I, I can't put everybody by the same broad brush, but the popular culture is going to teach you to go the exact opposite of what God's Word says. Just, just, just get into God's word and then listen to your favorite songs again. I'm not the guy who tells you you can't listen to this song or that song. Just listen to the song and ask you, ask yourself, is this what God's word would tell me to live? Yeah. Think about your favorite movies and ask yourself, is the message of that movie truly what God's word says? I'll just go ahead and tell you, every single movie about love in Hollywood is countercultural to the God, to the word of God. 100% of all the love movies I've ever seen are crap. Can I just say that? On the first day in the presence of God on Sunday. That's a Greek word, crap. It means pafukery. So when you're public speaking, you just got to be bold about it. People will believe you if you're confident. There is a, there's a flow to this culture. And if you just decide, man, I'm going to get in God's word. I'm going to live it. I'm going to breathe it. I'm going to walk it out. Every, it's going to be some tough choices, but I'm going to do it. You're going to, there's going to be a divide. And you can get farther and farther away from culture. And that's okay. That's okay. That, that's who God's called you to be. And you need to be in God's word. You know, that's why I, I've, I've set a goal for you. How do you like that? Your pastor set you a goal. I hope you'll accept it. I just decided to set you a goal to be in church 52 Sundays in 2021. And if you can't physically be here, well, I got to go to the beach. We'll go with you to the beach. Like, I mean, I physically go, but I mean, no, the live stream, (laughs) the live stream will go with you because you are living 24 hours a day, seven days a week in a current toward God, ungodliness. You need something that anchors you back to the godly word, to to, to the godly culture you're called to live something. And, and, And that's just a spark. Everybody say spark. It's not the fire of God you need to live in. This message, this 35-minute talk once a week is a spark. This worship moment that we do, it's a spark that hopefully lights a self-feeding movement within you where you get into God's Word and you get into worship on your own on a regular daily basis. I wish every member of this church would get in a Bible study small group. Uh, you, you, could, you could download the YouVersion Bible app. It, it, it's, it's so good. It has... Bible uh, devotions that you can share with people. It's kind of has a social networking function, kind of like Facebook does. You can friend request somebody, but instead of showing us like, you know, that picture of your knees and toes and the beach that we all love, we need more of that, please. Um, Instead of more of those pictures and what you ate for lunch, it's just like, hey, I'm doing this devotion. Would you do this three-day devotion with me? 
They got everything from a three-day devotion to a 365-day devotion. And during the shutdown, man, I just, I just used that. And, and I got in three or four different groups with pastor friends and with young leaders in the community and with staff members and just got connected in God's Word. It, it'll hold you accountable. If you find that reading the Bible is something you really want to do, but on day about three or four or 24, you just kind of quit, get in a group and, and hold each other accountable. Every one of you could do this. Every one of you who has a smartphone or a computer could do this. I want to challenge you. If somebody doesn't ask you to join, you ask them to join. All right. And, and, and read the Bible together because it is a light to your path. It is a lamp to your feet to show you where to go. How many times in your life have you been so confused about what to do next? I promise you the answer is right here, but you don't need to look for the answer when you've got 30 seconds to find it and you're trying to cram for an exam. You need to get in it every single day. If I'm preaching good, somebody say amen. amen. Here's the fourth thing. Spend time in worship. We're going to withdraw from culture. That's our fasting. We're going to fast. We're going to confess our sins. We did that as a group in here already. Praise God for that. Maybe you, along with God, need to confess some sins. We're going to spend time in God's word, and then we're going to spend time in worship. There are a lot of ways to worship corporately, and we need all of them. What we're doing here, man, I need the anointed gifted, talented worship leaders who have been called to do this, to stand in front of me and inspire me to chase after God. Do you understand that? Like we're, they're not performers. They know that. And I hope you know that, man, they are, they're trying to inspire you to lead you to love God the way they're, they're demonstrating. I need that, but I also need to do it by myself. I need to do it alone. I need my earbuds in and I need to go for a long walk. I need to hear worship music. That needs to be a regular part of my day. 21 days of prayer will kick your year off that way. See, that's what made King David great. Last thing I want to tell you. King David, great warrior, king, hero, killed the giant. What made him great was his relationship with God. You know, when he went out to fight that Goliath, I mean, he was bold. And, and, and he knew he could kill Goliath. In fact, he told Goliath, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. And I'm going to cut all your friends' heads off. Did you know that was in there? He's 17 years old. He's like, yeah, you're finna die. And everybody, your whole family finna die. I like David. I mean, he's just like bold. And, and you would think, see, some people think that it was like a long shot, that there's no way a 17-year-old boy is going to kill this giant warrior. But let me tell you, David knew that he had the skill to kill him. Did you know that they estimate that David could sling a rock through that leather sling at 100 yards per second with pinpoint accuracy? In other words, if you're fighting David and you're in one end zone on a football field and he lets it go in the other end zone, you got one second before it's in your skull. Uh, he, he, he knew it. He's like, I'm taking you out. But you know what he said? He didn't say, hey, I'm really good with this sling. I'm not. What he said was, the reason I'm going to win is because while you've come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, I've come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. He said, I've already been in God's presence. I've been close to him and I know what God's word says. I know what God's presence feels like. And church, that's where the boldness and the confidence comes from. The difference in, in you, my vision for you in 2021 versus 2020 is no more fear. Come on, everybody shout no fear. No more fear, no more worry. I mean, I, I can't tell you there'll be no chaos. I can't tell you there won't be more junk that comes out of left field. But what I can tell you is you can walk without fear. You can walk in 
bold confidence in the peace of God, in eagerness and in optimism about the future because I've been in the presence of God and I'm walking toward his will. You can be there. 